Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. going to read verses 4, 5, and 6. Amen. Ephesians 4, 4, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith. And one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say one. Amen. One body, one spirit, one hope, right? One Lord, faith, baptism. Let's see, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. One God and Father is seven. Seven ones. Amen. How many think that means something? God's number of perfection and completion. It's all in him is what we used to sing. Amen. It's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead, the Bible tells us, in him bodily. And we have looked since our All Nations Sunday service two Sundays ago. We have been preaching from this passage of Scripture based upon this theme of one. This is our final Sunday preaching from this portion of Scripture on this theme. And I want to just say once again, A thank you to those that uh, worked so hard on All Nations Sunday, and of course we've kept up kind of the platform design and stuff for this series, and I just appreciate the work that they put into that. That was very uh, kind of them to work that hard. Let's give them one more hand clap. We appreciate that. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And so we look today at this third and final message, and so far we've learned about the power of One. Everybody say one. We understand that it was in unity of the Spirit that through worship of the one God whose name is Jesus Christ in the singular faith that was given to us in Scripture and, amen, including that in the act of obedience through baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus, which was illustrated for us in Scripture and for Jesus, the Emmanuel that was all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, amen, that he came, that he might save us from our sins. How many are thankful for that today? Emmanuel, God with us, amen. And we, are, we have been looking at that, and so let us look today at this final verse of focus in Ephesians 4 and 6 where he begins and he says, there is one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in You all, Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, those that have experienced this New Testament salvation, who have experienced this powerful message and her growing and reaching their lost world and operating as light in the darkness. And the apostle Paul reminds the church of Ephesus that there is one God and Father of all. 
I won't spend more time today establishing the foundational doctrine of one God because we dealt with that in previous weeks as we covered that when we looked at the one Lord, which means the one supreme being or the one God. So when it says that there is one Lord, it says that there is one God. How many believe in that one God today? How many know what his name is? His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we looked at that in previous uh, messages, and you can listen to those online if you want to and hear back what we talked about. But there is a powerful addition here that is given to us by the apostle in his writings under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost when he writes that there is one God and Father of all. This powerful addition is made here purposefully so that we might understand uh, uh, the true nature of God. It is placed here specifically so while we are learning and studying about the oneness of God that we also see his nature and who he is and how he responds and acts. That there, uh, we reminded today that it is not how we see God that determines who God is. Oh, hallelujah. I said, it's not how we see him that determines uh, who he is. It is who he is, is uh, who he is. And there's nothing you're going to do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing anybody can do about it. When you're dealing with deity, that's just the way it is. He is God all by himself. There is none beside him, above him, even close to him. He is Amen, the supreme God. And so our perspectives can be helped or they can be hindered by our understanding of him. Our personal life experiences can seem to lift God up in our minds or our personal life experiences can seem to pull him down. But God is God no matter what I think about him. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't change the nature of God. It doesn't change the power of God. It doesn't change the ability of God. And thankfully, it doesn't change the love of God. Hallelujah. Amen. If I've had a bad life and I've gone through some tough times and I was confused and I was away from any understanding of God, I may think to myself someday that there is no God. Or I may think to myself that if there is a God, he doesn't care about me. But thankfully, that does not make them that him that kind of God because he is a God hallelujah that's as close as the mention of his name I just maybe never learned his name or maybe I never thought to pray for it to him before but if I ever hallelujah would bow my knee and call on the name of Jesus Christ uh, he is quick and he is powerful the Bible describes him as riding upon a swift cloud hallelujah coming to where I am and able to help me in my time of need I'm glad I know him as that God today, but maybe you don't know him as that God, and maybe to you, he is distant, far off, and disconnected, but I've come to tell you today that, amen, he's as close as the mention. I've come to tell you today that his arm is never shortened, and his hand is never weakened, that he cannot reach to where we are, and I'm thankful today that, though you may not see him as a loving God. I know him as a loving God who meets us in the pit, if necessary, at the very point of our need and helps us. I, oh, I wish you'd clap your hands, everybody, if you have a God that loves you that much. Oh, hallelujah. He is the all-present, all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful God. He is the one and only God who in the beginning created the heavens and the earth. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one who was.
who is and who is to come. Amen? He is the Almighty One. Isaiah said he brings princes to naught and reduces uh, uh, the rulers of this world to nothing. The psalmist said his way is perfect uh, and his word uh, is flawless. Deuteronomy calls him a consuming fire of a God. And God responds to Job uh, in that precious and oldest of books uh, when Job is surrounded by his friends uh, and God finally speaks uh, and God says to Job, where were you when I made the foundations? of the earth. Do you know where the snow and the hail are stockpiled? <laughs> Job, do you know where I keep the snow uh, for I can use it when I need it? Uh, do you know how I make a path for the lightning, Job? Are you the one who makes it rain in the wilderness where no man is? God tells Job, Job, you don't even know this, uh, but there's places on the earth uh, that man has never even seen, uh, and yet I bring the sun there, and I bring the rain there, and I feed the birds there. Hallelujah. Job, you don't even know what the earth looks like. Can you control the stars, Job? Job, can you give the birds their food every day, Job? Did you give the peacock its beauty? Did you give the horse its strength? Oh, hallelujah. He is a powerful God that we serve here today. I said he's a powerful God, full of wisdom, way beyond my understanding. Oh, hallelujah. The sooner we come to grips in reality that he is God all by himself and that he is much more than we could ever comprehend him to be, the better off we will all be. Amen, because when we see him as small, amen, then we pray small, we believe small, and we act small. But when we see him as big, we pray big, and we believe big, and we act, hallelujah, by faith that my God is big enough to come into the midst of my situation, though my relationships are falling apart, though there's sickness in my body, though I lost a job, though I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, my God is big enough, hallelujah, to handle my situation powerful God. He is so powerful that when Moses prayed in Exodus 33, 18, he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. It was a wonderful thing to ask. It was from a pure heart. He wanted to see God, but God responded in verse 20 and said, thou cannot see my face for there shall no man see me and live. He says, Moses, that's a that's a great thing to ask, but I got to let you know that if I really let you see me, you wouldn't be able to survive it because I'm so powerful. Oh, hallelujah. And knowing all that, all that was true and much more, all that about him, all those things that he's done and is doing and continues to do, he is so powerful, and yet he wants us to know him in a much more personal way. And so he uses the apostle to write to the church of Ephesus. He says, tell them that they have one God and Father of all. That word Father means what you think it means. It's a parental word. It describes a parental relationship, a love relationship that only a true loving father could have for his child. Romans 8, Therefore, brethren, ye are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of your body, ye shall 
live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We cannot live in our flesh, he writes to the Romans. It is a weak thing. It is a temporary thing. These are, these are earthen vessels, the Bible describes it, very fragile vessels that we are in our flesh. We can, however, live if we do so in the Spirit of God, because when I live, not in my own ability, in my own power, but when I live in the Spirit of the Almighty God, hallelujah, I can walk after the Spirit and not walk after the flesh. And if I do that, I am the child of God. Oh, hallelujah, the child of God. It is not a spirit of bondage, he declares to the Roman church, and not a spirit of bondage which brings Fear. I just want to pause for a second and tell somebody that if you're living in fear, that's not of God. Oh, hallelujah. I just feel like somebody needs to hear me say that today. If you're living in fear, that is not uh, of God. That may be an attack of the enemy. That may be your own flesh working against you, your own mind turning on you. Uh, but it is not of God. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love uh, and of a sound mind. And so I've told you, you're in the right place at the right time today to overcome some fear. I said somebody came to church on purpose today, amen, that they could overcome some fear in their life. Oh, if you believe that, clap your hands under the Lord. It is a spirit not of fear, but the Bible says it is a spirit of adoption to which we respond by crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father speaks of a close relationship and a true heartfelt connection. Amen. That's why that word is specifically used because it de describes the relationship. It gives context to the closeness of it, the virtue of it, to the depth of the relationship. Because it was never God's intention to be a far-off God that people just kind of fear or forget. Genesis shows us his intention from the very beginning, Genesis 2. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And God puts in this place that he had formed everything that man would need, verse 9 of Genesis 2. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Loving man so much that he considered only not only his physical needs, but he considered his emotional needs. He considered his heart. In Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone, for I will make him a helpmeet for him. And so he creates a helpmeet, a partner, if you will, for man. And we see here, from these verses of scripture right in the very beginning of our Bible that God who cared, a God who cared for humanity so much um, that the humanity that he created that he, he even allows Adam to participate in the process. He's God and he's making all of this stuff happen and yet he goes in verse 19 and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every...
of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. This is the relationship that he wanted with man from the very beginning. He wanted a relationship that was close. He wanted a relationship of love and connection of truth, of Abba Father. He saw man. He created man of the dust of the earth. And then he made a place that was specifically designed so that man would have a wonderful life. And even after he did that, he realized that man still needed more. And so he brings forth woman and he completes that picture of beauty. And then he even allows man to participate in the process of his creation and naming the animals that he would name because he wanted that kind of interaction with humanity and he wanted that kind of relationship. And so the beginning, amen, of the Bible's evidence of God, amen, is so, is so powerfully pure as our heavenly father. Father, oh hallelujah, our Father. And this is the beginning of this, this revelation of who God is. And we find Jesus said in Matthew 6 in the New Testament that your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. He knows what you need before you even ask him. He's a, a New Testament relationship coming forth from the mouth of Jesus Christ that reflects the Old Testament relationship that was established in the garden that whatever man would need, God would provide for him because he wanted to be father. Oh, hallelujah. He wanted to be father because he knows us better than we know ourselves. Oh, hallelujah. And he wants us to see him and know him. And he wants to have relationship with us and to seek him relationally in our prayer and to converse with him as it would be Matthew 6, 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Oh, hallelujah. Hey man, he says, you got to look at what's going on. You got to look at nature. You got to look at the animals. You got to look at the birds. You got to look and see how God, amen, in his wisdom and his love has provided for them. And if you can see that God has provided for them, how come you can't see that God will provide for you? Oh, hallelujah. He's looking for relationship beyond being our creator. Second Corinthians 6. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and, the, and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I want you to catch that. He's still the Lord Almighty, even though he's saying, I want you to be my sons and daughters, and I want to be a father unto you. He doesn't have to lay down his power. He doesn't have to evacuate his throne. He says, I'm still the Lord Almighty, but I want a relationship with you like a loving father would have with a child. I want you to understand that if you'll let go of that nonsense, if you'll get your hands off of the sinful things and turn your eyes towards me, I will be with you and you will be with me. Oh, hallelujah. His love is so evident, Matthew 18, even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. It's not his will that, that anyone. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
His actions towards us are pure in providing. Luke 6, uh, it says in verse 36, Be you therefore merciful as your father, father also is merciful. How many would raise your hand and say, I'm thankful for that today. Oh, hallelujah. So he's a providing God. He's a loving God. He's a God that sees our needs. He's the one who wants to provide and take care of us. He's the one that wants to call us Father. He's a merciful Father. Is anybody getting the picture here? Amen. Yeah, he's the almighty God. Yeah, he can open up the the earth. Yeah, he can cause the mountains to be lowered and the valleys to be raised. Yes, he can do all of those things. He can part seas and let millions of people walk across them. And he can devour the enemy in a single swoop. He can stop the mouth of the lions and young boys can kill giants in his name. He can do a lot of powerful things. Uh, The earth can shake. Uh, The mountain can quake. Uh, Thunder and lightning can come forth as his voice, hallelujah, from heaven. He can touch the blinded eyes and they can be open in the deafened ears and they can hear. He can do all those powerful things, but he doesn't want us to forget one God and Father of all. Relationship and connection this pure love, be merciful as he is merciful. Luke 12, 29, and seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. He says everybody is seeking after that, those things. And your father knoweth that you have need of all of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then one of my favorite verses of Scripture, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is, this is the act of a father. This is the act of one who loves us, sees us, knows us better than we know ourselves and yet never gives up on us and never turns his back on us and never casts us aside. This is, this is more than just some, some spirit up in the cosmos. This is more than spiritualism or mysticism. This is a powerful God who wants relationship with his highest creation. The God who wants this relationship with us, who is willing to do his part, the God part, the part that we can't do, he was willing to do. For God so loved the world, John three sixteen, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, amen, should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He did the God part. He did the part you and I couldn't do. We were not the spotless lamb made from the foundations of the world, but he was. He was there in the beginning, stepped out under the void and the nothingness and said, let there be. But he was also the one, hallelujah, that came as our Emmanuel, God with us, uh, robed in flesh, amen, lived and died upon a cross, bloodied and beaten, hallelujah, that you and I, hallelujah, might have an opportunity to see that crimson stream of blood still flowing from Calvary. And we might be able, hallelujah, to see our sins. How many are thankful today, hallelujah, that you've got a God who loves us this much? Oh, hallelujah. He did the God part, the covenant part, the connection part, went to unbelievable links that we might be saved. First John 4, 16, and we have known and believed the love of God that hath, the, the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. First John four nineteen. we love him because he first loved us. 
Because he first loved us. Oh, hallelujah. Nobody, I hope nobody came into this place today thinking we were doing God a favor. I, I, I hope nobody got up this morning, the alarm clock went off, and you said, he said I, don't, I don't really want to go today, but, but God, I'll, I'll do this for you today. I, I know that this is what you want, so that uh, this is what I'll, let me check off my little check mark and do my favor for God this week. I, I sure hope nobody uh, is foolish enough to think that that's the way that it works, hallelujah, before we even knew who he was. Hallelujah, he was all over us. Before we were even aware of him, he was very, very aware of us. For God, amen, loves us. Before we even knew who he was, he first loved us. This is necessary for us to understand that next part of this short little scripture. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. It's important to understand the context of father relationship. Amen. Please do not put on your glasses of your relationship with your father and perceive God in the same way. Please do not lower God down to the level of your human father, whether they were the best that there could ever be or the worst, or whether you never knew them at all. Please do not pull God down from his powerful place of love and mercy and put him in a place of human frustrations and failures. Take your glasses off of what your father was like and put the glasses of scripture on your face and see what our heavenly father is like. Amen. And that will be a much better way to perceive him. But we have to understand him in this way so that we can understand what it means for him to be above all and through all and in you all. Because, yes, he is most definitely above all, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. How many believe that today? He is above all. The heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. He can see the entire breadth and length of the world at the very same time. He sees the ending from the beginning. He is definitely above all above all hallelujah when man thinks they got him figured out he just shows uh, how much a huge gap there is between our knowledge and his wisdom when the devil thought he had him defeated amen marching him up that road with the cross upon his bloody back he didn't really realize that God was marching up the road to Calvary amen that you and I might be forgiven of our sins and that we might be able to come to newness of life every time anybody thinks they got God figured out they realize hallelujah that God is so much more he is most definitely above above all and yes he is through all he is the present God a very present help in time of trouble a God who is as close as the mention of his name Isaiah 59 behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear he pervades the entire universe sustaining and directing at all times just hallelujah as powerfully as he is in this place today he exists in the cosmos and the existence on every nation under the sun or moon no matter where they are right now going on there is a God that pervades and directs everything that is happening in our world today everything that is taking place oh hallelujah he is through everything he is through all everything declares his glory all that we are or can be is through him he talked to job about the stars and the constellations and he says do you, do you even know how i got them there 
Hallelujah. He pervades everything. He is in everything. He is through everything. He is above all. He is through all. And ultimately, this one God and Father of all is in. Somebody say in. Ultimately, this relationship is designed for him to be above all, to be through all, and also to be in you all. This heavenly father-child relationship is designed so that he might be in us. And this is done, at first, this is done with no assistance from us whatsoever. Genesis 2, I bring you back to the creation of man. And Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So at first, this has nothing to do with us. It's in our creation. He breathes into us a breath of life. It is how the soul of man is formed, amen, in the first place. And so he is in you all from the very beginning, whether we like it or not. Oh, hallelujah. The aspect of God and his creation in Isaiah 44 says this, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. I'm the one that made you in the womb. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Oh, hallelujah, hear it. Listen now, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. So it wasn't just at the conception and the baby was formed and then he comes and he breathes uh, once again a soul into that unborn child. But he says, no, 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 I I was aware of you. I knew you. Uh, I created you. I knew you before you were even formed. Hallelujah. Before there was even anything there. Hallelujah. I knew you and I was aware of you and I formed you in the womb. When thou camest out of the womb, I have sanctified thee, and I ordain thee to be a prophet among the nations. Amen, it says in Jeremiah. But ultimately, our relationship with God can only progress. Now hear me today. So we had very little to do with it at the beginning. We had very little to do with it when he was breathing into us a living soul. Every one of us, amen, in this place today, and every human being that exists on the face of the earth has got an eternal soul. Oh, Hallelujah. We all have an eternal soul. There is the real part of us, our very being, our essence, that it will be, hallelujah, forever, somewhere, heaven or hell. Our being will be there, the the part that makes us us. Oh, hallelujah. The eternal part of us is put there by God, and we had very little to do with that in the beginning. But if we want a relationship with this God and Father of all, amen, to progress uh, to the point that he is offering us, if we pursue this relationship beyond our creation, then it goes into our salvation. And the desire of a heavenly father today is for you and I to understand that he wants to go beyond a relationship of creation to a relationship of salvation. He wants to go to a relationship where he can call us sons and daughters. Ye shall be the children of God, he said. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you. And look, shall beware. Shall beware? 
and shall be in you. Hallelujah. One God and Father who is above all and through all and in you all. He shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but ye see me because I live. Ye shall live also and that day ye shall know that I am in my Father and ye in me and I in you. Hey man, we started this whole thing off talking about uh, coming in the unity of the Spirit. We talked about the power of unity. We talked about the power of one. We talked about that there is one thing that all humanity is going to have to come to grips with and that, that there is one Lord, hallelujah, that sits upon the throne. Uh, we all, amen, no matter how many different cultures we have, different languages we speak, the different colors of our skin, the different foods that we like, the different places that we live, all of that can stay as disconnected and different as it needs needs to be, hallelujah, or whatever we want it to be, but we have got to come into a unity of worship that there is one God sitting upon the throne, and his name is Jesus, and when we come into unity with him, we come into unity with one another. We preached about that unity, and it's such a powerful thing then that Jesus talks about, hey man, I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless uh, because I'm coming with a powerful experience. Uh, I'm covering, I'm coming, offering you a, a relationship so that I can be in my Father, and I can be in you, and you can be in me. Oh, hallelujah. John 15, abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, so more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. He says, I'm looking to have a relationship with you that produces good fruit. I'm looking to use your life with a great purpose. I'm looking to do things with you, hallelujah, that you can't do on your own. You can only do them in me, God says. Uh, but if you will connect with me in that way, uh, if you will join with me and I will be in you, uh, then you can bear much fruit. If, he says in verse 7, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. This is the struggle that some people are facing. This is the wall that some people keep running their heads into because they're trying to pray big prayers and ask for big things, but they don't have a big relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. I'm, I'm not here to condemn you today. I'm just here to point something out. If you keep running into the same wall, if you keep falling into the same pits, if you keep praying big prayers and things don't seem to come to pass, he said, if you abide in me, you shall be able to ask anything, and I will give it unto you. I will do it unto you. It is in our relationship with him. My relationship with him dictates the power of my prayers. My relationship with him dictates the men number of my victories, my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. If I just see him as something out there somewhere. Come on, somebody. If I just see him as someone out there somewhere, if I just see him as somehow a higher power that exists out there, if I see it from a mysticism point of view or just a spiritualism point of view, uh, if I feel like I have nothing to do with it and no connection to it, then I'm going to struggle in this life because the God who created the heavens and the earth also created us, and the whole point is relationship. Oh, but when I have that relationship,
I can ask things. And my heavenly father, oh, hallelujah. Every parent in the place understands that. Ha. Huh. Brother Crane, you had daughters. Oh. It's not, it's not even fair. Daddy. Daddy, I was thinking. How much I love you so much. What I really, really want. Right? They have their way. And and even your boys have their way. They know. They know. They give you that look. It's just a little mischievous grin. And you start going down your parental list. Is it going to kill them? No, okay. Is this going to ruin their lives later? No, okay. Are they going to be happy? You see, I do not believe that our entire relationship with God is based upon our happiness. I don't believe that at all because we've got too many verses of Scripture that talk about you should be hated by all men for my name's sake and unless you take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple and you need to die daily and all this kind of sacrificial language. It's very powerful and it's very true. But we can't mess up this understanding that all of that language exists because we have a heavenly Father who wants us to succeed. Right? I mean, it was, by the way, the disciples that turned the world upside down and established the church, the New Testament church, and, and, and brought powerful things uh, around the globe and reached people like the, the Paul, who became an apostle, who, who also, amen, sacrificed and all that kind of stuff and, and was the greatest missionary that ever lived. Those, those were some pretty cool things they, that, they, that they did and, and achieved. They were successful in that because, they, man, if you'll be my disciple, you will pick up your cross and follow me. So he wants us to be successful, but he understands that to be successful, amen, takes sacrifice. Just like anything we do in life, if you're going to be successful, it's going to take some sacrifice, right? But we, we have to make sure that we understand that just like he's a heavenly father in that way, he's also a heavenly father, amen, in the way that says, which of you, if your, 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 your child asks for bread, you give them a stone? You would never do that, would you? No, you wouldn't do that. He says, I, I wouldn't do it either. And in fact, he says, he says, if you think you know how to good, give good gifts, you should wait to see what I can do. Right? He's a God that also wants us to have happiness and peace and joy. He wants us to have that. And so we cannot pigeonhole him in some sort of a place. We have to see him as one God and Father. He is our Father, our Heavenly Father. And so he says, if you will abide in me, if you will abide in me, you will ask it and I will give it unto you. 
Oh, hallelujah. It's my, it's my, my, my heart today that we would not leave this place until people ask God for some things. It, it would be my heart today, in just a few moments, uh, we're going to come around the front of this building and we're going to pray. And, and it's my heart today, and I believe the heartbeat of this message that God has laid upon my heart, uh, that we would ask God, our Heavenly Father, for some things. Uh, that we would come to Him uh, like we would to a loving Father. Not through, the, not through the perspective of our own human experiences with our own fa- fathers and their failings, uh, but through the perspective of the scriptures that I have used here today that describe for us a loving God and Father who is full of power to do anything and then offers us that power to do it for us he says I can do anything now what do you want me to do and that we would come to this altar and that we would get in him that we would abide in him but before we can ask him for those things we've got to have that relationship oh hallelujah because when my, heaven, when my earthly father was alive, there was a lot of things I could have asked him for that he would have given me. But if I would just walk up to some perfect stranger on the street and ask them, why would they give it to me? Am I right? Because I have a relationship. And you have to have the relationship. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Jesus was setting up a new and future relationship, talking to the disciples, and I'm almost done. He was talking of this new relationship, a deeper, closer relationship. He was speaking and he was using words like the Holy Spirit. He was calling it the comforter, and he was saying that I will be in you, in them. He would go away, but he says, I will come again and be in you. A powerful relationship that will produce great blessings in our lives, but it requires that the Spirit of God be in us. It's based upon a relationship where we are filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Jesus was setting up this powerful uh, new relationship, and then it happens for them just like it can happen for us. And the book of Acts tells us in chapter 1, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Your father's made you some promises today. I've come to tell somebody that your heavenly father has made you some promises uh, that can come to pass in your life. Wait for the promise of father which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days from now is what he told his disciples. And then Acts chapter 1 and verses 8 and 9, you shall receive power, he says to them. You're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, amen, and and, in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. And we had spoken these things uh, while they beheld him. He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. So right before he ascends into heaven, he tells them, you got to wait for the promise of the Father. You've got some promises that have been made. He wants to be in you. He wants a relationship that's closer than anything you've ever understood before. And then we turn the chapter to Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all, look, filled with the Holy Ghost. 
filled with the comforter, filled with the Spirit of God. It's all the same thing. It's God's uh, ultimate relationship with mankind. Uh, I have been with you, uh, but I shall be in you. Uh, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues uh, as the Spirit gave them the utterance, uh, one God and Father above all and through all and in you all. And others gathered around to see the miraculous infilling that was taking place. And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and your children and to all them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise is unto all of us. Somebody say all of us. The promise of this level of relationship is available to everyone. To everyone. If you want to know Him, if you really want to have this relationship, one God and Father, above all, through all, and in all. One God whose name is Jesus made it possible for us to have one faith in Him that we might choose one baptism that we would be cleansed, that we might encounter deeper relationship and be filled and empowered with Him. Stand with me today, please. One God and Father. Oh, hallelujah. How glorious it is. How wondrous it is today to know Him like that. But perhaps you're here today and you're struggling in your relationship with God. Perhaps you're here today and you're wondering if maybe, maybe there's not more that you can have and experience. Perhaps some of these scriptures that I've used today, and I use a lot of scriptures today. Perhaps some of these scriptures, things you've never quite seen before or heard before. And now it's got you to thinking that maybe there is more to this God than I thought about before. Perhaps today you're seeing him as father and he's calling out to you as son and daughter. And if that is the case, then we surely should take some time today to call on the name of Jesus, to seek him in a way that maybe we've never sought him before to desire a relationship with him that perhaps is beyond anything we've ever experienced today. And so I'm asking you this morning, we've got a lot of room up here. There's room on the sides, all across the front. I'm asking everyone that possibly will, don't hesitate. Don't make God beg you today. But in just a moment, I'm asking everybody to step out of from where you are Grab the hand of the person next to you and say, hey, let's go together and come up to the front of this building. Close your eyes, lift your hands if that's comfortable for you to do so. Call on the name of Jesus and see if your heavenly Father will not show up and meet you here in a tremendous way today. I promise you there is no sickness that you have that he's not aware of. There's no battle in your mind that he doesn't already have the answer for. There is no relationship falling apart that he can't put back together. There is no stress, no anxiety, no fear that he cannot deal with today. 
But ultimately, after we lay ourselves down before him, and perhaps after we repent of our sins and we say, I'm sorry, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry, Jesus, for sitting against you. Please forgive me of my sins. And the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He responds to the prayers of those with a broken and a contrite spirit, and he will forgive you of your sins today. And perhaps, perhaps he will take his relationship to another level with someone who's hungry today because they that hunger and thirst shall be filled. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would just move into this house in a powerful and a mighty way today. I pray that you would grant us liberty, Lord Jesus, and help us to go beyond ourselves. Help us to not have... Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week.